is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to our guy Eric Walden from the Salt Lake Tribune. He covers the Jazz, coming up here momentarily. Get his thoughts on the Jazz offseason, but uh, sure he's got uh, an eye on the finals as well. So we'll see what he thinks uh, about tonight's Game 4, pivotal Game 4 between the Bucks and uh, the Suns. What's your gut telling you on Game 4? I imagine that the Bucks would win it because if the Suns win it, I think it's pretty much a wrap. I'm rooting for the Bucks. That's for sure. I don't know. You didn't answer the question earlier. Have, has Giannis figured out the Giannis wall? Uh, he looks to have. Well, Phoenix know. doesn't really have a good answer. Yeah, I mean, if Giannis plays the way he continues to play the way he has, and he gets moderate help from the others, yeah, it, there's a reason the Bucks are favored by what four or five points. But, you know, ironically enough, the Jazz would be much more equipped to play the Milwaukee Bucks than the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, that's true. I think, anyway. I mean, certainly people could argue that, but the way that the Suns are vulnerable to Giannis, I don't think the Jazz are vulnerable in the same way. Yeah, that's true. I I agree with you. But uh, I I would expect the Bucks to get this game tonight. I hope so, because I'd like to see a close series and certainly would like to see the Suns lose as many times as possible. Yeah, because if they lose this game, if the if the if the Bucks lose on their home floor and they go back to Phoenix, is they're going to shut the door on them? And yeah. a lot of people picked the Suns in six games. You know, well, you had them in four. No, I didn't. They can't win a series in three, Gordon. <laughs> I never said four. All right, <laughs> let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line joining us now. He covers the Jazz. For the Salt Lake Tribune, is our friend Eric Walden. What's going on, Eric? Very little. What's happening with you guys? Uh, well, you know. <laughs> Very little. Uh, I heard, did I hear a yawn there? Is he, he okay? I mean, you know, the season's over. There's no draft yet. There's no free agency yet. You know, we've got this new boss, uh, Aaron Falk, and I'm just, like, kicking back and, and enjoying <laughs> a bit easygoing life, you know? That dude is the worst. Um, so wait a second. Does that mean that you're going to uh, essentially you don't want to set a, a precedent early? Huh? You just want to ease on into this. I'm saying that uh, I think most people who follow my coverage recognize that I do a lot of work during the season, and so when we get to the off season, I am going to take advantage of my time off. All right, Eric, quickly before we uh, go into the jazz, just one thing to run by you because uh, I selected Warrant as our band of the day today, and earlier in the show we debated uh, uh, if you would be a Warrant guy or not. Warrant, yay or nay? Oh, I'm I'm a nay on that. Um, you know, they had the song Cherry Pie. They had, a you know, Janie Lane, God Rest His Soul, was not the most talented <laughs> High out there, which is saying something about the uh, the 80s hair metal scene. But, um, yeah, you know, Cherry Pie was a fun song, but other than that, they didn't really do it for You me. don't have to have talent to have big, beautiful hair, Eric. It's, it's not <laughs> don't, I, don't I know it? <laughs> All like right. I, I came out on one end of that thing, you know? Let's uh, let's dive into the jazz here uh, for a second, Eric. Um God, there's there's a lot of different things, but let's let's start with the big one: retaining Mike Conley. Give us your your thoughts on that from a Jazz perspective, and maybe from Conley's perspective as you see it. Well, so from the Jazz perspective, you know, uh, I think they absolutely need to do it. You know, and 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 I'll say this with the caveat that it's not my money to spend, and that uh, you know Ryan Smith is certainly going to have a decision to make there just given that with Rudy's extension kicking in and Donovan's extension kicking in, the Jazz are going to be, you know, right at the salary cap limit, even before we talk about 
retaining Mike Conley. So, you know, it's not quite as cut and dry a decision as you would think. But that said, you know, because they have his bird rights, because they're allowed to exceed the salary cap to retain him, um, you know, we're talking about a guy who in his 14th season became an all-star for the first time. So clearly he's got something left in the tank. You know, clearly he's a talented guy. And clearly they were a lot better with him than they were without him. So, you know, it it comes down to finding the right price, right? Because, I mean, we saw what happened to to the Jazz when, when Mike Conley was hurt. And we know that, you know, injuries are probably going to be part of the bargain going forward, you know, just given that he's, what, 33 now or thereabouts, given that, He's had multiple seasons in his career where he's missed a lot of games, and given that the hamstring problems have creeped up uh, repeatedly over these last few years, you kind of anticipate going forward that you know he's going to miss some games here and there, that load management might have to be part of the equation. And yet, I don't think anyone would argue that the Jazz aren't a far superior team with Mike Conley than without him. So from my perspective, yeah, you know, if the price is right, you absolutely try to bring him back just because you have no means of replacing him with anyone uh, comparable in talent. Now, from his perspective, you know, he's he's got some things to weigh. Um, some of that will be with the offers that he gets from other teams. You know, he's put it out there that there's no secret that at this point in his career, he wants to win. He wants to compete for a championship. Uh, but, you know, I think in spite of the amount of money he's made, he also is maybe not quite ready yet to say, hey, I'll play on a veteran's minimum to make that happen. You know, um, I could be out of line there, but that's just my guess. So it seems like the number of potential suitors for him uh, come down to the Jazz and maybe the Dallas Mavericks and maybe the New York Knicks, just because these are the teams that will be able to meet that combination of one you know, being competitive teams theoretically in line for, uh, you know, competing for an NBA championship and two, having some money to spend on him. So, Eric, uh, I guess have the have the, uh, the tempers or the disappointment or the upheaval that came at the end of the season with the Jazz, has that been tamped down a little bit? I mean, Donovan Mitchell was really upset, and others obviously talked about how disappointed they were with the way the season ended. Uh, do, have you got any sense for where the team is mentally moving forward? Well, it's kind of tough just in that, you know, once we had those season-ending Zoom interviews, that's really kind of been the last bit of contact we've had with anyone on the team. Um, you know, uh, other than I did an interview with Mie Ahoni the other day uh, for for a feature about his participation with the Nigerian national team. And even then, you know, I wasn't allowed to ask him anything really jazz-related, so hard to get a sense of that other than what we've seen from these guys on social media i think for a lot of them it it still kind of stings you know i mean obviously we're we're several weeks removed from it now but i mean you know the words that keep coming back to me are are what we heard from donovan mitchell in the aftermath that you know this was going to take him a long time to get over that he was maybe not going to watch the finals or or the conference finals or if he was he was going to be kind of seething as he was doing so, you know, thinking that should, that could have, and maybe should have been us in that spot. So I think, you know, with the likes of Rudy Gobert and, and Joe Ingles and Mie Oni, guys like that, who are, you know, now stepping into national team duty, they've had something to maybe get their minds off of the elimination at the hands of the Clippers, I think for the guys like Donovan Mitchell and, and, and Mike Conley, maybe a lot of that frustration and anger and disappointment is still there just because, you know, all they've had to do at this point is, is sit back and watch, you know, the Phoenix Suns uh, emerge and, and go on to compete for the title. So I think it's, uh, I think that's the kind of thing we have to take on a case by case basis, but, you know, one thing I can say definitively about these guys is that they put in the work. You know, we don't have to worry about them sitting back and and, and doing nothing but sulking. Uh, you know, 
and sulking is maybe not the right word because it implies you know kind of just being angry and nothing else i think i think there's probably a focused anger you know that these guys are having where where we're going to see them you know once donovan mitchell is fully healthy and it seems like he's on the pathway back to that we're going to see these guys kind of go back to work and, and, and attack the work with, you know, a ferocity that maybe we haven't seen before. Eric Wallen of the trip with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Eric, what are you expecting from the Jazz on draft night? Um, just my opinion here, it seems like actually making the 30th pick is the last thing that they want to do. But what what do you expect out of them? It's kind of interesting. I've, I've spoken to a few people about kind of what they expect. You know, is, is this a pick that they could move for help? Uh, are they planning to stay put? Are they planning to move up or down? Uh, no one really has kind of a, a clear consensus. It's, it's interesting in that you typically don't look at the picks at the end of the first round and anticipate that that's someone who is necessarily going to help a team, you know, in the position that the Jazz are in. And that certainly was the case, unfortunately, uh, with Udoka Azubuki this past season uh then again you know you look back at how this last draft unfolded and you see guys like desmond bain for the grizzlies you see guys like Jaden mcdaniels and it's hard not to argue that certain guys in in those positions could have been a help to this team so i think you know and it's going to be lame but they're going to look at all their options they're going to see who's available um i don't really know that Swapping the 30th pick gets you like an instant impact veteran uh, necessarily, but I also wouldn't necessarily be shocked to see uh, Justin Zanuck maybe, you know, work the phones and, and, and kick the tires on a few deals and see if maybe the Jazz can move up a few spots if there's someone available who they like. You know, we used to ask this question all the time back in the day of Jerry Sloan and and Kevin O'Connor and all those folks. But I'm curious to know who you think, Eric, is in the driver's seat with the Jazz right now. Who is, who, who, who has the power, essentially? Is it Justin Zanuck? Is it Ryan Smith? Is it Quinn Snyder? Is it Danny Ainge? I mean, is it some, is it Dwayne Wade? Who, I mean, who is it? Well, I think that, uh, that's, that's an excellent question, right? And I mean, ultimately everyone answers to Ryan Smith. And he's the one who makes the final call. But at the same time, you know, uh, Ryan Smith is, is there to be the guy who signs off on the vision that, that Quinn and now Justin Zanuck are bringing to him. So I think uh, it, it's a combination of those three. You know, Quinn is basically going to Justin and saying, this is the way I want to play. Uh, Justin is is going to kind of come back and say, all right, this is – you know, what we can try to do to make that work. And then they go to Ryan Smith and say, this is what we're envisioning, you know, can, and, and this is how much it'll cost. And then he either goes along with it or, or doesn't. I think having Dwayne Wade there is another valuable voice in the room. But, um, and, and he's obviously someone who everyone involves respect, just given you know, his resume and what he's done in, in his time in the league. But I don't know that he's necessarily, you know, pulling any strings or pushing any buttons other than to kind of be there as, as a helpful guide. And if Ryan Smith asks him questions, asks him for his, you know, opinion and, and, and his philosophy, you know, to be a contributing voice to that. But I would say that, that Quinn and uh, Justin are the are the primary two kind of, pushing where the Jazz will go on the court at this point. Eric, what's your take on the finals thus far? It's been fun. I've, I've enjoyed it. I was actually, when these two teams became, you know, the, the teams that made it, and once it became apparent that, um, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo was actually, <laughs> I had my doubts, right? We, we saw that injury unfold, and I had my doubts as to whether, he would play at all, and if he did, if he would be effective at all. And, man, has he answered those questions, right? So I've enjoyed watching it. These are two different teams, but they're both fun to watch. They both have guys who are capable on both ends of the court. Um, 
I think I probably still lean a little bit towards the Suns ultimately prevailing just because I like the balance that they have on both sides a little bit more than what the Bucks have. You know, obviously if Giannis plays like he did in game three, they're difficult to stop. I think what it comes down to for me is I ultimately maybe don't trust the rest of his supporting cast quite as much as I do the Bucks. You know, we've seen Drew Holiday have some tremendous moments. We've also seen him have some games where, and, and some extended stretches where he has difficulty getting the ball in the basket. And so at this point, I still would probably lean towards Phoenix being the favorites, but Man, I'm I, I'm hoping this thing goes seven games. Eric, uh, the other day, Jake and I were having a conversation, and uh, he brought up a point that I uh, sort of gave him a hard time about uh, saying, uh, Jake, I think you said that these two teams aren't the two best teams in the league, and it's been a weird year with all kinds of injuries and COVID and all kinds of stuff going on. But if I were to ask you, Eric, uh, who's the best team in the NBA? Would you pick one of these two teams, or would is, is there another team in your mind? Oh, man. You know, that's, uh, that's such a hard question. I mean, the Lakers were 21-6 and six before Anthony Davis got hurt and then before LeBron James went on the shelf, you know. Uh, the Clippers were looking excellent. Uh, I think there's too many variables to really say that there was one definitively best team in the league this year. I think Phoenix was great during the regular season. You know, they certainly exceeded what I thought they were going to do. You know, when, when they acquired Chris Paul, I said, all right, that, that breaks the streak of missing the playoffs. But, you know, I'd be lying if I said I thought they were going to be anything more than a six or seven seed. And maybe in a regular year, that's what they are. You know, I don't know. It may, maybe in a year when other teams are a little more healthy than they are, when other teams don't have guys missing so much time due to the COVID protocols, maybe that's all they are. But, you know, I, I don't want to be the guy who puts an asterisk on what a team accomplished just because it was a bizarre season, right? Like, no one's taken that first championship away from, from Tim Duncan and David Robinson back in the 90s just because they played a lockout shortened compressed season that you know only went 60 or 62 games instead of 82 right um no one's taken away championships from teams that have won uh titles in in other lockout shortened seasons no one's taken the title away from the lakers from last season even though that was bizarre so um you know there there are lots of years that the team that winds up claiming the Larry O'Brien trophy is not necessarily the team who we envisioned as being the quote unquote best team in the league. But for whatever reason, given whatever combination of circumstances unfolded that year, they were in best in the position to kind of outlast everyone else. And so, you know, if, if whichever of these teams winds up pulling that off, good on them for doing it. So just to clarify my spot on this, Eric, uh, I, I, uh, my argument wasn't about uh, an asterisk. I always miss say, say that wrong, Gordon. Asterisk? Asterisk. 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 Yeah. Thank you. Um, uh, I wouldn't argue for that. I, Gordon and I fundamentally differ on the opinion. Gordon thinks the champion is automatically the best team, no, and, not, I, don't, what and I, I don't believe that. That's not what that's I That's what we argued about during yeah. the entire NCAA that, that's tournament. That's not so what I said. Stop back it up. I, I, oh, stop on. it. You, I, you always say I misrepresent what you said. You're misrepresenting you just did. my position. <laughs> you did. your question to Eric. Whatever. All right. Eric, uh, thank you for uh, stepping into our squabble. We always appreciate it, man. I was going to say, I'm going to get you guys some uh, counseling sessions for Christmas this year. (laughs) Appreciate that. We need it. That would be helpful, as it would be for most people. It would be. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Thanks, Eric. You're the best, buddy. All right. Take care, guys. See ya. Our friend Eric Walden covers jazz for the Tribune. That's exactly what you argued all the way during the NCAA tournament. I was talking. Here's here's what you always say. Well, the evidence is on the court. No. I I mean, it it happened on the court. I saw it with my own eyes. You represented some of what I said properly, but I didn't say the best team always wins. But they win the championship. They're the best team. That's not what I said. This makes me the, the child. In this situation, the kids are always the one that gets hurt, and Eric, the cool uncle that I have to now go hang out with yeah. to get away from you two fighting. True.
That's all right. Well, I don't want to fly. Uh, we'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. <laughs> Syringa. Uh, Oops, that was on air. Was it really? That's kind of funny. Uh, if you're working from home <laughs> or with a hybrid <laughs> workforce, get a powerful IT partner, Syringa Networks. Nice. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Certainly do that because Gabe and his crew down there at Syringa are really cool. Stay tuned. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Podcasters at Royal St. George's hitting it down the middle of the fairway. You could have two guys that hit it a foot apart from each other. One guy ends up really, really good, and the other guy bounces weird and goes into the rough or will go into a pop bunker or something like that. So it's just a weird golf course. It's got lots of bumps and rolls in the fairway. The greens have lots of weird undulation and bumps and rolls on them also. So you have to hit good shots, but you have to have some luck, too, to win this week at the Open Championship at Royal St. George's. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, out to The Zone phone we go. Joining us now, Ryan from The Dish Professionals. Want to hook you, up, hook you up, help you watch more sports, get you some free stuff as well. Fun hanging out with you yesterday, Ryan. How's it going? It's going great and uh, yeah, super excited about all the great customers that uh, we're able to help. And, and uh, today is the, we talked about this yesterday in the remote, today is the last and final day that uh, DISH is allowing us to offer up with the two-year offer, the Nest IQ HD security camera or the Nest Wi-Fi router. Um, very cool um, promotion, been well-received. Uh, a lot of customers are super happy about it. But, hey, this is the thing. It's uh, If you're thinking about getting set up for uh, the Pac-12 season, so you get all the games. Don't wait until next month. Go right now. Get the $300 HD security camera. We'll get you the two-year promotion. The price is guaranteed, and uh, we'll have you installed. We, if you're scheduled today or you call in today, we can schedule you out a week or two, no big deal, and get you uh, set up a little bit later, and you can still get that Nest camera. Now, guys, one of the things that's been making our phones ring a whole bunch is – the new internets that are available. Um, we've all heard about it. 5G is coming. Well, guys, it's actually here. Um, if you haven't noticed, uh, the cell towers in around the valley, or been some cranes on them, people are working on them. And some of these towers have already been updated. And we're able to hook people up with some unbelievable deals. Internet speeds of like 100 to like three, four, five hundred 500 meg speeds and it's 50 bucks a month. So let's, be, let's put this in perspective. If you're a cable customer and you got your fantastic cable bundle and you're spending about 300 bucks a month, it's so awesome, isn't it? Isn't it great that you're spending that much money? You could switch to DISH, get internet um, through uh, on the 5G provider, and then we'll also get you set up with DISH. It starts as low as two bucks a day, going up from there, so possibly saving you 150 plus dollars a month. A month, huge cash, big difference. Call us today. Take advantage of what we can do for you. The DVR is bigger, it's faster. There's more features. You got a cool voice remote. The Pac-12 is available. Um, you've got the Dish Anywhere app. There's 20 things that Dish does that nobody else offers. Hands down, the best receiver, best equipment out there. And J.D. Power ranks Dish number one across the board for the last three years. This isn't by accident. It's a better system. And if I can save you that kind of money, and you get a camera if you call today. So don't wait. 801-424-DISH. That's 424-3474. 801-424-DISH. Thanks, Ryan. 801-424-DISH. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. It's Big Show, time to talk a little golf. But before we do that, it's time for the Uinta Golf Open Championship giveaway. Be caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. And we're going to assign you a golfer for this week's 
Open Championship. If your player wins, you'll receive the same brand putter that that player has in their bag. Brought to you by Winter Golf, serving Utah golf since 1971. 12th caller right now, 855-340-ZONE. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It's time for a Uinta Golf Open Championship update with our guy Brian Taylor. Brought to you by Mountainland Supply, Zions Bank, Hoops Vision, Siegfried and Jensen, and Black Desert Resort. Uh, joining us now, of course, you hear him on Real Golf Radio. He is Brian Taylor. What's up, BT? Guys, great to be with you. Great to have you, as always. Excited for uh, you, uh, yours, and uh, Bob's, of course, week of coverage. Um, want to start out with this real quick. This isn't specifically about the Open Championship, but Austin is convinced that this feud between Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka is just like wrestling, basically like fake just for the pub. What's your take on that? You know, this week we finally heard something um, about it, right? I mean, Brooks, Brooks mentioned that... Um, DeChambeau didn't like something. Um, Kepka was trying to call him out about slow play, and he had mentioned something. And, and so um, DeChambeau went over to his caddy and said, hey, if you guys got something to say, say it to my face. And Brooks kind of shrugged it off like, well, that's funny because you're saying it to my caddy and not to me. And, uh, and I guess, you know, it just kind of went on some things. And then, and then there was also, you know, something about uh, how Kepka was on the um, – uh, the body ESPN magazine body issue back in 2019. And, and uh, DeChambeau was saying something like he doesn't even have any ass because that was right when he was pumping himself stuff. So I guess that, you know, Brooks must've taken a little bit of uh, insult to the abs comment. And I guess Bryson and didn't like the fact that Bryson went through his caddy on the slow play comment. So uh, it sounds like, kind of like a real petty kind of thing if you want to know the truth and um i think maybe both of them realize they're going to get a lot of attention for this and oh by the way the pga tour is rewarding that kind of attention right now so eh, let's run with it so do you think the tour is in on it i don't think they're in on it per se but i think they i i wonder if they thought this would be a byproduct of their you know uh new reward system bonus pool for garnering eyeballs, um, clicks, whatever on social media for for the players that are moving the needle, uh, which ultimately if the players are moving the needle and getting attention, then that also is reflecting on the PGA Tour and, and helping them, you know, not only bolster their tour and their product and their brand, you know, but, you know, it, it, it and it's all a trickle-down effect. And so, you know, there was this premier golf league that was trying to, to come up and, and contend with the, with the PGA Tour and the European Tour and say, look, we're going to take all the top 50 guys in the world, we're going to create a Premier League, and we're going to pay them, you know, ridiculous amounts of money, and they only have to play 18 events a year and yada, yada. And, you know, and, and it kind of spurred some, okay, well, let's PGA Tour, let's look at what we're doing for these guys. And, and not too dissimilar to what the NIL is with college athletes, I think. And they just said, hey, there's some other things we could do. So at the beginning of the year, they created a bonus pool of money for PGA Tour players who, regardless of their performance between the ropes, what are they doing outside the ropes to get more eyeballs for the PGA Tour? And, and so I don't know if they thought that this kind of a thing might come from that, but it certainly feels a little bit like maybe they're taking advantage of this because there's, you know, eight million bucks out there for, you know, a little bonus uh, for somebody that gets the most attention outside the ropes and in social media. BT, tell us about this course. Um, you know, this one's not my favorite. I'll be honest with you. I, I have a hard time getting excited about Royal St. George's. The last two times I've watched this, it's basically train wreck city. You know, it, it's, it's, uh, the, 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 it's almost like you took bubble wrap and decided that was your foundation or your canvas for setting up fairways so imagine you know just kind of having bubble wrap as the design for the fairway so put it straight down the middle and it hits off the side of one of those things and goes in a pot bunker and the next guy hits it right on the same you know foot away and it goes you know straight down the middle of the fairway so there there always seems to be a bit of element of luck associated with Lynx golf and this one takes that to the next level and adds some quirkiness to it that is you know it kind of off the charts so 
Uh, it's not my favorite. Uh, the last two winners have been Darren Clark, you know, late in his career, and Ben Curtis, who came out of nowhere. He's over there on his honeymoon and decides to take home a Clara Jug uh, just for good measure. So um, it's uh, it, Tiger Woods. Yeah, I remember that 2003 when Ben Curtis won. Uh, Tiger, here he is right in the height of his, you know, reign and, and just domination. And he hits just off the fairway maybe 20 yards and he's in some deep grass there's like 50 people walking around and they never find his golf ball you know so here's tiger shows up with you know lost golf ball golf ball on the very first hole and it just kind of went that way um so it's a, it's a unique golf course it was the first one outside of scotland to host an open championship england built it sort of to be the saint andrews for hosting the open outside of scotland in england there and um, but it's it's far from a, a layout and a, and a classic in my mind to what the old course of St Andrews is. So a two part question for you, Brian. Uh, the first one is, uh, it looks like Mr. Rom is the favorite uh, heading into this uh, tournament. If he were to win it, is winning the Open Championship as valuable to these players as as, as for instance the Masters or the U.S. Open? I, I think there's probably some debate there and there's some perspective there. For John Rahm, who, of course, hails from Spain, were he to win the Open Championship, yeah, I, there would be a lot of significance to that. Um, I'm, the Clara Jug is certainly an iconic uh, trophy in sports, and it's the oldest major championship. They, they tout it as the World's Open. Uh, where you have the U.S. Open, the Masters is obviously an invitational, and then the PGA Championship is largely based, you know, just on world rankings. But, you, you know, it's a U.S.-based type of thing. So it's the only major played outside the U.S. Um, it, it obviously has a lot of history. And so I think for a guy like John Rahm, uh, I think it would be a massive accomplishment to host that Claret Jug. And, and, and really, you know, you look at the best players in the world, they, they've done that. that that's part of it. Um, I don't think it holds – if you were to really sit down, I think if somebody had an opportunity to choose one major championship, we've talked about this a number of times on the show, I think the green jacket is the ultimate prize. I think the tradition, the the lifetime membership into that club, if you will, and the Masters Champions Dinner every Tuesday, and the way they honor their champions is really the Masters is, you know, in a relatively short amount of time compared to the Open Championship, has become the prestigious major championship event in golf. And so I think for certainly for me as an American, that ranks number one. I would put U.S. Open because of the national championship as two, and then I'd put the Open three ahead of the PGA Championship. But I, I assume that a guy like John Rahm or Sergio Garcia, Rory McIlroy, those I, I would guess the European Tour players would you know probably have a toss-up between the Claret Jug and the Masters, quite frankly. So, BT, this is an Open Championship related, but uh, do we have an update on Tiger and his status and how he's doing? You know, the last I really heard uh, anything from Tiger was he was at a, one of his kids' um, golf of tournaments, and uh, one of the participants wanted a picture with him, and there was Tiger on crutches with a boot. So um, he was asked also in an interview not too long ago, and, and he said, look, uh, you know, about timeline for return, and he said, I'm just really hoping to be able to get back to be able to do normal activities, you know, to be able to have my leg function again. So – you know, which is a tiger, tiger, typical tiger answer, really. But um, that, it, otherwise, it's been pretty, pretty DL. Um, quite frankly, I, I've, I haven't heard a whole lot out of Tiger's camp, but he's he has started, uh, you know, making some tweets again on social media about various things, but nothing specifically related to his health. So, BT, uh, I saw on a uh, tweet that you sent out today that it's uh, Bob Casper's birthday. Is that is that correct? That's it. Yeah, sixty-one years young. Wow! Happy birthday to Bob. Did you get yeah. him anything, BT? <laughs> you know what I bought? I I did. I talked him into caddying for me at the State Am uh, first round on Monday, and I thought, well, it's his birthday, and he 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 acquiesced to my caddy request. So I'm gonna go buy him a new pair of uh, running shoes. So I got him a new pair of running shoes to wear, and then he didn't even wear them to caddy. But anyway, he took them home, and so I got him a new pair of shoes, and I, I like that. I don't know. I I don't think there's a lot of things that guys like like to shop for. I I think shoes are one of them. I don't know. Do you guys disagree? I like I like shoes. I could have lots of shoes. So that was I thought a cool gift. But, but in anyway. your experience of buying shoes and then wearing them immediately, would it be difficult to walk that far in a brand spanking new pair of shoes, or do you think that could 
cause some blisters. <laughs> I think it depends on the shoes. These particular ones, um, I'm not going to do like product placement advertising here, but <laughs> these particular ones are, I mean, I put them on right. I bought me a pair too. Is that bad? Is that bad that I bought Bob a pair for his birthday and I bought me a pair at the same time? Is that like, is that cheap in it? I don't know. But anyway, I, I put them on. I've been wearing them every day since, and they're, I, they didn't need any break-in period. They're no, fantastic. No problem. Yeah. And how many years have you guys been doing the show together? <laughs> 22 years this wow. year, if you can believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So it's been fun. Uh, we only made it over to the Open Championship one time. It was 2005. Tiger won at St. Andrews, and uh, it was Jack Nicholas's final uh, playing of the British Open, which was uh, it was great. They, had, they made those special five-pound notes there from the Royal Bank of Scotland, and uh, we got a couple of those. And just to be able to see that golf course, and then you know we got spoiled and got a chance to play it Monday after. And it, it it's a neat trip. Um, I'm, I'm we're planning on going next year, um, but uh, that's it's it's an expensive trip. It's a it's a long time to get over there, you know, and, and you have to make it almost a two-weeker and. But it's a it's a cool. I, I think I think Lynx golf is fun. It's interesting. It's different. It's not. I wouldn't want to do it every day. But I, I love that we have this event every year. And you know, you get up at four in the morning and watch golf till one o'clock in the afternoon. It's it's definitely it's definitely unique. Well, there's a reason your show has lasted as long as it has. It's really fun to listen to, and I would uh, recommend anybody who hasn't checked it out check out Brian and Bob, and uh, they will they will. What's the word, Jake? They will satisfy your appetite for golf information. Wow, I like that. Can I get can Austin? Can I get a copy of that so I can post it on my website? <laughs> yeah, under NIL rules, I'll give you my price. <laughs> uh, BT, we, we do look forward to the coverage all week, and certainly uh, Real Golf Radio. Your episodes uh, during major weeks are can't miss radio. So we appreciate you, buddy. Yeah, thanks, man. Can I just drop in real quick for those Tony Finau fans that are kind of wondering? Um, he actually has a pretty surprisingly good record in his four starts at the Open. Finished third last time. I had kind of forgotten that because it's been a couple years since we played the Open. He also had a ninth place finish previous to that and then 27th and 18th. So, you know, look, he's got top tens in his majors this year already and then, you know, a good, fin- good record there at the, at the Open. So while he's not been playing his best, he does tend to get up for these majors. We'll, we'll see how he does and certainly uh, – be rooting him on 5.53 a.m. Mountain Time tomorrow morning if you want to follow Tony. Well, early. Thanks, BT. You're the best. You got it. See you, boys. Ryan Taylor, Real Golf Radio, each and every Saturday morning, alongside the birthday boy, Bob Casper. Yep, I like those guys. They're very informative. I think it'd be fun to play around the golf with them. Don't you? Uh, sure. Sure. Hmm. Why is that? So oh, they can take I, my money? <laughs> no, you'd be smart enough not to not but, to get schnookered. That I'd get uh, I'd get a chance to to play with uh, the hosts of my third favorite radio show on Saturdays <laughs> on the zone. Who's first? Well, obviously. Both of your shows <laughs> on Saturday are my first and second, Austin. <laughs> Nice. Car Sense, Movie Zone. And and then uh, Real Golf. Real Radio. Golf. No and offense then... to my guy Jared St. Clair. And the Saturday show that's made a triumphant return recently. Well, they're dead last. They got they they've <laughs> got to earn their way into the you know the the rankings. But that first segment's dynamite, isn't it? <laughs> I was playing in a tournament once when uh, Bob was sitting on one of the golf holes, and you could use his shot, I think, for a donation instead of your own, if uh, if you were so inclined. And we we saw him hit some shots and. Dude can play. BT's not bad either. What's your ranking? My ranking? On your Saturday, were you listening? Are yeah, Saturday I, shows on Saturday ranking? Oh, I never listen on Saturday. You just got done telling Brian how much you loved his show and how you, you recommend everybody to listen. I've been to the other show. I was kidding. I was trying to, to, uh, to goad Austin there. They're all good. You don't have to convince me you don't listen. No, they're all good. I've called into the Car Sense show. Have you? In 07. Jake has, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. Much well, more, more recently than you. I think I did twice, actually. But anyway, yeah, it's all good. It's all good stuff. You guys have a lot of fun on those shows. I like them. I'll take an opportunity here to remind people Movie Zone's moved to 2 p.m. Saturday. It has. It used to be 5. It's now 2 p.m. A little earlier. I've even, I've, I've texted uh, Austin and Johnny 
about the movie zone and complimenting them on on the show as they were doing it. Remember that, Austin? I did, did that. You remember? Yeah. You don't remember that? I said I remembered. You don't remember it. I sent one to you and I sent one to Johnny. You sure you sent one to me? I'm pretty sure. Not just Johnny? One of the two of you is misremembering. <laughs> he did. He was nice. All right. Not Sports Port is next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The playoffs may be over for the Utah Jazz. You're but the season never ends on the Zone Sports Network. From the NBA draft to free agency and on to the summer league, the Zone will be with the Jazz every step of the way as the Jazz front office builds for the future. Your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Oh, hey guys, Jake here for my friends at Peach Window and Door. They are locally owned and operated. They are passionate Utah Jazz fans, and they've been Utah's premier window and door retailer, combining beauty and technology on windows and doors since 1993. They do it right. They can do custom work. If you can dream it, they can do it, and customer service is a Big time priority. Listen, they don't. They're not into the high pressure sales. They just want to make sure you uh, you get what you want. They don't do the subcontractor thing, which means no ghosting. You call them, you will talk to a human being. They're going to take care of your window and door needs. They're going to install them correctly and back it up with guarantees designed to bring peace of mind to satisfied customers. They offer 0% interest financing. They have free in-home estimates. So have them out, show them the project, and they'll tell you exactly what they can do for you. Uh, Several ways to get the ball rolling. You can get online, peachbuildingproducts.com. They have over 255 star reviews on Google. I couldn't recommend more. You drop them by their showroom. uh, See for uh, yourself exactly what they can do. 2940 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. Or simply give them a call. Schedule that in-home estimate. 801-566-1255. That's 801-566- Six six one two five five Peach Window and Door. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 12 the zone. Time for the Not Sports Report brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Check them out, LHMUsedCars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? I got three stories for the price of one today. Uh, the first one is out of Minneapolis, and it goes like this A Transportation Security Administration supervisor has been charged uh, with uh, what well, has essentially been taking pictures of female passengers as they pass through the the pre-flight protocol. 42 images he had taken of... uh, What do you mean pre-flight protocol? You know, going through security. Oh, like through the scanner thing? Yeah, well, I don't know. He he took the picture somewhere in the process and not not exactly sure when. But uh, apparently the images of the females... uh, 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 42 photos of females, this is the way the story reads, wearing shorts, tight pants, and tank tops. Now, I'm going to... was That's creepy. Was the perp's name Chester Shadows? No. For Ch- no, that's pretty pathetic, I think. And people already feel funny going through those things. And, you know, there's some trust involved. And uh, so, anyway. Okay, so the other two, that's, a, that's the creep story. I got two animal stories. The first one comes from Texas... And apparently a woman was trapped in her house because there was a large spider outside her front door and she was afraid to go out. I mean, a giant spider. So she called. She was getting a delivery from Amazon or someone. And the and she 
she asked that they not deliver the package to the front door because that's where the spider was, but to a side door. And <laughs> so the delivery person decided that they would help the woman out by killing the spider. But apparently the spider was as big as your hand, giant spider. So the delivery guy killed the spider with his shoe, just clubbed it a few times, and and saved the woman so she could come out. I thought that was going beyond the call of duty. Well, I'm worried about this woman. <laughs> but but second of all, I know I say this a lot, but how does that end up being news? It's news. And the third story— How is it, how is it news? It's news. The third story is this one. A, a, a couple was heading— trying to go to sleep in their bedroom, and they were awakened by noises. And the the, the the female of the couple got out of bed, looked down on the floor, and saw something that was moving around in the carpet, and it was a baby snake. A baby snake. And come to find out that there were... 17 other snakes under their bed. Under their bed. Do they have a pet snake? No. The mother, there was a mother. These were, um, this was a mother and her 17 babies. All, you know, huddled up under, or curled up under their bed. How'd they get in the house? They found, uh, you know, they, those things are slithery. Maybe clean under your bed a little more often. Have yeah. zero res come over. The <laughs> that's an, that's embarrassing for these people to admit they didn't know their their house was so filthy that seventeen snakes were living under there. Well, apparently, uh, someone an expert was called in, and the expert said, "quote If you have a mouse problem, the snakes are going to come and try to help you with that." So everybody in Salt Lake has a mouse here and there, don't they? So uh, watch out, folks. Those snakes might be crawling around, not just outside your yard, not on your street, like what the experience my wife had, spotting a rattlesnake on the street. Of course, it'd been run over. But they might be in your house. Wait a minute. So this happened one time on this planet, and now you're scaring everybody about their snake-infested houses? This was in Georgia, so it wasn't here. One but. story, one time this happened. Well, oh, everybody freak out. Snakes are infesting your houses. I think it was nice of the people. Apparently the husband uh, gathered the snakes up, put them in a bag of some sort, took them out to a nearby creek, and set them free. Or just threw him in with the bag. <laughs> and told you he set him free. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that PETA wouldn't come a-calling. Yeah. Because you know what PETA's doing about the giant spider? They're suing Amazon for the delivery driver that killed the spider. I thought that was rather noble of them, to collect the snakes together and to set them free. As they told you, yeah. <laughs> guys, you guys are so freaking What cynical. would you have done? Every day. You say something that I think is so cynical. I mean, past skeptical, straight to cynicism. What would you have done with 17 snakes under your bed? That's a good question, really. You don't know until it actually happens. You'd have drowned them. That's what you would have done. Well, I, no. Well, yeah. I don't know what I would have done. You I would mean, have tied that bag up tight, and you would have thrown it into the deep part of the creek. One time, Where's in my, the what, hedge what, clippers? What <laughs> One my, time, oh, one we've time, got a snake story. No, one time at my house in I'm California, we had story. these we had these big beams in our family room, and they were they were kind of anyway. There was uh, there was a spider that was up on the beam, and so I I killed the spider. I hit it with a shoe or something, and like like fifty other baby spiders <laughs> fell out of there, and I and they were crawling all over the place. I didn't put them in a bag and set them free. What'd you do? I killed every one of them. With what? With a shoe. There's like 500 spider, baby just, spiders. Just smashed them. Boom, 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 boom. That's at Gordon Monson, Peter. Are they protected spiders now? I don't like uh, killing things, so I mean, if I see like an ant crawling, I don't You like, said yesterday you like decapitate a, a pigeon. Accidentally. I was trying to 
I was trying to <laughs> make up the difference with a wheel on each side so that we clear it. But that front axle got got the pigeon. Sounds like population control to me. That kept me up. I was so concerned Liar. about it. So what's going on coming up next? How is this news? I mean, uh, we'll get into DJ and PK talking about what ifs. And, Look, if uh, you don't, if Scotty you, had lock on. If you don't think it's news that someone found 18 snakes under their bed, I, you know, I don't know what to say to you. That is the definition of news, that which is extraordinary. And then you turn that into scaring all our listeners into worrying about their snake-infested homes. Oh, I'm just saying, and, be, and the, be careful out and there. It, and it was the <laughs> spider one that is certainly not news. You don't think a woman being trapped in her house wasn't news by a spider? So the story there is crazy woman won't leave home. Sounds like she had another exit from the home. Yeah. It sounds like. Have you ever come face to face with a big, big spider? <laughs> yes. A spider the size of your hand? A big spider, yeah. Yeah. And, and you just took it in stride like that. Yeah, no, this is nothing. This is just another day. No, that, that'll take your breath away. Jake gathered it up and set it free in the woods. Petted it a few times. Well, you know, it's, uh, run free, spider. Run this free. This was actually the, the half a decade that I didn't leave my home. Just wouldn't do it. Spider out there. One more comment out of you, young man, and I'm going to turn this whole segment over to you for the next year. All right? No, don't. I, hey, I, I have more criticism to the outlet that thought that was news in the first place than you, buddy. Well, I obviously thought it was news enough to report it in the Not Sports Report. Well, so if you're insulting them, you're insulting me. I'm aiming for them, but if it, you get a little splash back there, I guess not uh, my so problem. you want to do the Not Sports Report for the next year? No. Stay tuned. What's going on is coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Jonathan Tabinari, former BYU great. You had some great insight and going back and forth on Team USA and why this team seems to have its struggles playing international-style basketball. When you're playing international competition, it's tough. It's a different ballgame, guys. Physically, it's very 90s NBA-esque. You know, you could put a forearm, you could use your hands, and uh, the hands part of the ball. And it's very much in that type of situation that it's very physical. And this is not going to say that, that Greg Popovich is not the Hall of Famer that he is, but I just don't see how his style of personality and coaching fits what the international scene is. There's a whole lot of things that need to change for this team so they can win gold medals. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. How 